What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the UFC State of Union podcast. This is going to be episode 41. This episode, I'm going to recap the Gaethje Poirier 2 card that literally just happened. I was waiting for the um, post-fight pressers to get over. If there was anything that happened there that got, like, some of us fighters stay stuff there, what they're going to have, what they would like next. But yeah, I'm just going to recap this card real quick. Whoo, man. It's, um... Yeah, so a little late right now, but man, this was just uh, this card from just top to bottom really delivered. And so, um, just kind of like, let's just kind of get right into it. Um, there were some underdog upsets that I think I want to, I want to say I actually called a few of them. So, going into um, the first one was the Medish for Semmelsberger. Um, so, this card had a ton of finishes so miranda maverick kicked it off you know got a fin got a submission towards the end need to apologize there you know i kind of underestimated i thought catchware had a lot better ground game than she did and could maybe present some problems man yeah no her ground game was not as good as i thought and miranda maverick was able to kind of do what she does um but yeah and so guess starts it off with a finish there submission goes into medish for semmelsberger this fight was awesome medish gets that spinning back fist um sets up the ko but man that it was i was a little nervous going into that one because i didn't know actually that medish was moving up in weight and i was like oh crap okay this is his 170 debut <laughs> and semmelsberger is not an easy easy competition so uh glad it worked out for me that was one of my underdog picks there and helped out my parlay um when matthews versus flowers another finish got the almost a little bit of controversy flowers got booed heavy in that fight where um you had a kick landed land that maybe you could say barely the heel touched the touches his cup but for the most part i mean most of the power in the shot was definitely clean um and the guy got heavily booed so it was a clean shot and um but matthews was able to get it done then you go coppola versus Ribeiro. oh i was a little nervous in this round one um Ribeiro turned on the gas for a moment and oh man he he hurt Kopolov but then in round two Kopolov just times this crazy head kick just starches him um but one thing I will throw out there <laughs> with this I don't know what the what I don't know what was going through his mind with his um his um man his call out afterwards he was calling out strickland it's like dude you just beat someone that's unranked you're still unranked you can't call out strickland who's gonna be fighting for a title soon uh so that was a little weird but yeah there's uh i think definitely that guy kopalov give him a top 15 i think it makes sense um then uh cj vergara gets it done that one went to decision uh bonfim so i i need to apologize also on this one actually so the UFC's website, because um, I wanted to say, like, when I was looking at this, I was immediately saying, like, oh, man, I might have to look into this with Bonfim to put some money on it. And I ended up doing it anyways. But the thing is, with Bonfim, the odds on the UFC website were, for some reason, switched with Giles. So it had Bonfim as, like, a plus 250 or something like that. It had Giles as the minus 350. And so that's why I kind of, like, mentioned that when I was like, Huh, that's a little interesting. He's fourteen and zero. Past three fight, past three fights have been first round submission. Goes on, goes back with the trend, gets a first round submission here. But I was like, huh, yeah, that was kind of 
kind of weird. Um, UFC kind of mixed those a little bit. Um, well, not a little bit. They did did mix them on their website. But um, yeah, Bonfim. This guy is exciting to keep your eye out on. Now he's fifteen and zero. Um, four first four first round submissions in a row. So this guy's uh, definitely looking dangerous. Uh, it's gonna be cool to see what's next for him. Um, going into the main card, Kevin Holland. I actually called this perfectly. Um, Chiesa does leave himself way exposed in some situations. And I've, I want to say, I might even said in the last episode, I feel like his grappling is a little overrated in some situations where when he goes against someone that does have grappling as well, or submissions, he often gets a little too crazy and he gets stars choked or just falls into traps. That's exactly what happened here where, you know, Kevin Holland was able to clip him a few times, but then, um, yeah, just was able to, he just kind of fell into a submission and Holland was able to get it done with Holland's kind of, um, what he was talking about at the very end after the fight, uh, it's just some funny stuff. But, um, I think the one concerning thing from a lot of people took away from this on MMA Twitter was he was talking about how maybe he wants to move back to 185. I think that would be the worst move for Kevin Holland. I think he's looking unreal at 170 right now. He looks so dangerous. He was able to defend Chiesa's takedowns. Um, And I think this is his weight class. Don't go back up to 185. There's like, it's just, the guys are too big there. The the jump from 170 to 185, it's one of those bigger jumps. It's a 15-pound jump. And that was his biggest struggle. Like, the guys there are too big. They can just lay on him. Um, whereas what he's doing at 170, it's just, he's a lot more dangerous. Um, I say stay there going into the next fight. Um, Tony, Tony Ferguson versus Bobby green, man, Tony needs to hang it up. Um, kind of no easy way to say, no easy way to really say that, uh, Tony needs to hang it up, uh, get submitted in round three by Bobby green. Um, didn't tap. So he got put out cold. But I will say this, round one, little bit sus in the because there was a situation in round one. Tony clipped Bobby Green pretty well in round one, and he he looked hurt for a minute. And then probably immediately after that he got clipped, Bobby Green eye pokes Tony, and it's pretty bad, and it gives him a lot of time to, you know, it was a decent amount of time, so Bobby Green was able to fully recover. I didn't really like that. You had Bobby Green already come in from his previous fight. You know he had the he had the headbutt situation, and now you kind of have this. Like maybe it was unintentional. I, I don't know, but it just, in my opinion, it was the timing of it was so weird. Like he just got hit by a really good shot by Tony. He's hurt, and then eye poke happens. It's like ah. Uh, I don't know about that, but yeah. Regardless, I think I think it's time for Tony to hang it up. I mean, that's just it's too many losses, but these are bad losses by finish. And so, then you go into the the super exciting ones that was able to bring our spirits back up because everyone was depressed after that seeing what happened to Tony. You have freaking Derek Masvidal come in here with a freaking flying knee and then the post-fight celebration with the DX chop. And, oh, my gosh, Derek Lewis just freaking unreal, this guy, on the BMF card. 
goes in with a 33 second KO, lands the Mazvidal knee perfectly, you know, has to have finished on the ground a little, throwing some strikes, but I mean, but that knee connected 100% on the chin, and um, oh man, Derek Lewis just freaking beast mode, that's just got the funniest funniest gif on earth out of that so man i think the only thing that with this is some people are were we mentioning Derek fighting ganu don't don't bring that up Derek lewis you keep him in the ufc that guy is too fun to watch no one wants to see him go beat up freaking tomato cans in pfl get that crap out of here and ganu can go fight freaking jamel jones in pfl <laughs> whatever randos you got over there but keep Derek lewis here he's too fun post fight stuff is hilarious everyone loves Derek. you keep that guy in the ufc it's a free agent now but you know the ufc wants to keep him around going into the co-main alex Pereira versus blockowitz a little bit of danger for alex Pereira in round one where he gets taken you know blockowitz says he was gonna you know strike a little with Pereira. Yeah, throw that out the window in the first friggin' 15 seconds. He shoots a takedown, and Pereira had to defend a choke. In the beginning, it was looking kind of dangerous. Um, but yeah, he was able to survive. Kind of similar to the Michaelitis fight that Pereira had. He even mentioned that in his post fight interview where he had kind of flashbacks to that fight. And, um,. Where, you know, he was able to kind of just survive the round, that round one. The guy did the same exact thing, but then the guy used a lot of energy trying to, you know, set that up. And then round two, in this situation, uh, Pereira was able to rally back. And you could tell Blagowitz was gassed towards the end of round two. Man, if he really wanted to fully tee off, I think he probably could have gotten him out of there. But I think in this fight, one thing I did notice, <coughs> Pereira was a lot more... Um, he would press him up against the cage, um, like kind of doing what he would do, where then he's just kind of like stalking the guy and then looking for the bomb shots while they're up against the cage. But I think Pereira was being a lot more cautious because Izzy did play possum and then caught him. Whereas, you know, probably in the back of his mind too, he's thinking like Blockwitz is, you know, probably even a more powerful hitter than Izzy. It's a heavier weight class. These are four ounce gloves. I'm going to be, you know, I don't want to get risk getting caught again here just in case. Even though I know I'm doing really well, I'm going to take it, take it slow. Yeah, and he, he fought really smart. Um, got a little little risky towards the end. So then third round, Blockwitz is just gassed. He's able to, you know, Alex is able to keep, you know, pressing forward. Uh, land shots last 30 says like last 45 seconds blockwoods gets a takedown but he didn't do anything with it and so that's where damage is over control uh, as far as scoring criteria i think they got it 100 right 2-1 alex um in the post-fight presser alex did mention he believes the trilogy fight with izzy if it is to happen it should happen at 185 the only thing with that is i really feel that if Pereira does you know does get the 205 belt it probably is and izzy does keep beating some of these contenders let's say he beats drickus let's say he beats strickland um they're probably going to do it at 205 with maybe possibly well possibly risking you know <coughs> izzy be, or trying to get izzy to become a double champ if he has cleared out his division and so yeah that i think that's it probably would happen at 205 but um in, in a champ versus champ situation but we'll see maybe it does happen at 185 who knows and so 
But I think what's next for Pereira, I think you're probably going to see Jamal Hilson probably out indefinitely. Maybe it's probably going to be if Jerry posted like right after the fight. And it seems like he's more and more ready. So I think you might get that, that versus Pereira next for the vacant title. Um, going into the main event, good gracious. Gaethje landed the freaking bomb shot. Just gets this head kick KO against Poirier. Um, man, I was in. I was actually leaning towards. I want to say I said I was siding with Gaethje. Um, I think just as far as like became a lot more patient of a fighter. I think that was going to pay huge dividends. Um, I don't think anyone is expecting a freaking Salt Lake City loves their head kicks. Apparently, dang, that was crazy. Um, but lands the highlight real head kick. Um, one thing that was kind of interesting in the post-fight presser with Poirier, he talked about how, well, I, I think it was more how this question was worded. Um, someone asked him, would he be interested in fighting up-and-coming fighters? Um, probably more what they meant like that was maybe more people that are climbing the ranks. Like, man, like it, they made it almost sound like, would you be interested in fighting me? Like someone like kind of unknown, which like Poirier obviously is probably going to say no to that. Um, but, um, I think the fight that like would make sense for Poirier next would be like a you know a Dar Daryush versus Poirier right now timing wise I think that makes perfect sense and he's not like a prospect or anything and so I think that makes perfect sense or you can go loser of Oliveira Islam too you can possibly that goes for Poirier um, that could be an option um, Gaethje you know his options now you're gonna be you're either gonna see you know. One thing that was interesting is actually right after McGregor started chiming in um, about how he's the BMF, you know, call me out, Gaethje, if you want it, call me out. Um, I would love to see, to be honest, I would love to see that fight, um, Poirier versus Gaethje. I mean, I'm sorry, McGregor versus Gaethje. I think that's been Ga McGregor in the post post fight press room. Gaethje mentioned like McGregor's turned him down like six times, and apparently you have to be on a losing streak to fight McGregor. But I mean, he literally said like, "Hey, call me out if you want it." Um, so I mean, I think Gaethje after a highlight real KO like that, and then Chandler was all you know salty, you know, going back and forth. McGregor, I'm saying some stuff at McGregor and stuff. Askren was even chiming in, trying to shoot down McGregor. But I think with a KO like that, you got to think the backstory there. You know, McGregor has the those losses to Poirier now. Gaethje just starched Poirier. Um, Chandler obviously is salty because, I mean, like, can't really win better than that. And then Poirier choked Chandler out. Um, so now I, I really think Gaethje's in a situation where, you know, he either gets the winner of – Oliver Islam too, or if he wants to go money fight, um, McGregor versus Gaethje is also an unreal one. And so, yeah, I think there's different routes there. But man, this card was freaking unreal. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see kind of what they do next. But um, yeah, I think another thing that was crazy. Um, I've kind of been plugging it, but like my the TikTok page that I, um, just UFC State of the Union. Uh, if you want to go check out some of the posts, the one of the Pereira posts that I posted um, that I mentioned, like 
in a in the last episode oh my gosh that thing went borderline freaking viral it's like exploding it was close to i want to say it was close to like 400k views it's i think it was close to 350 right now but dang i was like oh man this thing's blown up so if you want to go check that out but um and then i also just posted the poirier gaichi poirier gaichi highlight ko if you want to go check that out it's on there i need to go post you know Derek loose celebration though because that definitely deserves a post <laughs> dear lord but yeah th- um thanks so much for listening guys um yeah hopefully we keep seeing some awesome fights you know we're gonna have some dana white's contender series starting up soon um yeah it's just keep going i i really liked seeing the promo for um Aljamain Sterling versus Sean O'Malley um, with the shipping up to Boston um, music in the background. I was just in Boston a little bit ago for the first time. And so, yeah, that's going to be an awesome card coming up. But, yeah, thanks so much for listening, guys. Thanks so much for the support. Hope you have a great night. See ya.